I'm Dax Carlisle. I'm here with Gary Carp and Mary Brown's here too. You may not see her. I don't know if you'll see her on the broadcast because she has her camera turned off, but she's got her mic on. Hi, Mary. Hi, Dax. Hey, Gary. Hey, hey everybody. <laughs> we are hey. live. International Tarot Day, 7, 8, July 8th. I think for obvious reasons why uh, 7, 8 is International Tarot Day. So we're celebrating all weekend here at the Tarot Guild and uh, just wanted to kick things off by mentioning a little bit about, um, we're actually calling it International Tarot Weekend because we got stuff going on all weekend. Tomorrow is our regular broadcast of Tarot Today Radio. So Mary and I will be continuing the celebration tomorrow, right, Mary? Yes, yes. It's a tarot party all weekend. So feel free to call in on our radio show tomorrow. You'll see all the posts for it and everything. It'll be uh, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, we'll be taking your phone calls. Tell us your favorite you know, tarot story or how you discovered tarot or ask for a mini reading. We'll be doing that. And then on Sunday is Magic Universe radio show and podcast with Sharona Rapsik and Sharona has on the fabulous Sasha Graham and they're going to be talking about of course Ryder Wade Smith they're going to be talking about the Wade Smith deck so we got events going on all weekend so we decided to call it International Tarot Weekend even though today is actually 7-8 International Tarot Day so uh, what is this? Well, this is a grass, grassroots movement that arose to create International Tarot Day, uh, started in 2017. And it's a non-commercial, decentralized, untrademarked event, not associated with any particular organization, group, or individual. It's for everyone. And there's a lot of ways to celebrate um, you can do a blog hop, a local meetup, uh, maybe you hold a contest, create a tarot deck, get a reading, give a reading. Maybe you're giving free readings this weekend, uh, teach a workshop, maybe, uh, do an article on medium or your local newspaper or magazine, uh, TV, radio, you know, the sky's really the limit. Uh, how you could be celebrating. I'm, I'm sure a lot of you out there have even better ideas than I could think of off the top of my head there. But, um, and then, you know, if you're doing something this weekend or next year or the year after, uh, use the hashtags. So it's uh, Pound International Tarot Weekend or Pound International Tarot Day, or like I do, I use both. <laughs> And that way we can, you know, whether you're doing it on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, LinkedIn, we can see what everybody's doing, you know. And we pretty much, uh, Gary and Mary, we, we pretty much threw this together last minute. Uh, I was telling Gary before uh, we went live and before you even got on here, Mary, that, um, you know, I was doing the 
Fourth of July sale for the Tarot Guild and everything like that, you know, seven four. And I thought of uh, seven eight and I was like, oh yeah, International Tarot Day. And it's been five years since 2017. And tarot's just become even more popular, more mainstream over the last five years. And uh, I just last minute, I was like, oh, you know, we should mention that on Tarot Today Radio this coming weekend. And then, uh, and then I noticed about um, or recalled that Sharona was having Sasha on and talking about Rider Waite Smith. And I was like, oh, wow, we got like, it's, it, it's totally not planned, but it seems to be falling into place. And then I was talking to Gary and we came up with the idea to do this, uh, this kickoff. Uh, here on a Facebook Live. So it kind of all fell together last minute. Yeah. Uh, and I was talking well, I was talking with Gary beforehand and I said, you know, next year, imagine if we actually plan this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> if we plan this, we definitely got a lot of good things that even in the five minutes in the green room, that we were talking about kicking around that I, I believe yep. the uh, the tarot community is going to love. I do want to thank you for having me on here for this kickoff event. And I think it's a really great idea that you had that instead of the guild, which is the guild is known as uh, an organization for tarot professionals and just tarot lovers to teach, to teach them how to read tarot, to teach them the meanings and symbols of the different cards, to teach different spreads, to teach how to establish your business or to grow your business. But this weekend is really about the love of tarot. And we all have that story of how we got introduced to tarot and why it is so important to us. And Dax, as the figurehead, the, uh, if you pardon the expression, the godhead of the tarot guild, I think it would be really cool for the community, those people who are listening and the members of the guild to learn a little bit about your tarot journey and your first introduction to tarot, what got you into it, and why you love it so much and why it was important for you to start the guild and spread tarot through the community. So why don't you kick things off and let us know a little bit about how you got introduced to the world of tarot and what it means to you. Oh, that's a great idea. We should all share our story. <laughs> and who knows, maybe some other folks will pop on here and do the same. Um, like I said, a little bit last minute, so we didn't have the opportunity to pre-plan a lot of this. But you know, next year maybe we can get a lot more folks on. Uh, another idea, just to throw this out, is um, because not everybody can join us live. Maybe do some mini short interviews with a lot of folks in the guild and in the tarot community at large and get everybody's, you know, origin story, <laughs> their superhero origin story, right? Yes. So what was the radioactive spider that bit you? Well, you know, like a lot of people from my generation, um, you know, if you go way back there, there's depictions of tarot 
you know, uh, popping up on TV and even, you know, old movies going all the way back into, you know, the early 20th century. But I think the, the big one was Live and Let Die. Mm -hmm. The James Bond film, Jane, Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour. And yeah. Flip Wilson, if I remember correctly, played the baddie in that. <laughs> no one even knows who that is. Boy, we are really dating ourselves. Oh, in my age. Yeah. So, you know, that was kind of like the radioactive spider bite there. Um, I didn't, un unlike other people, I don't have the cool tarot story where I just, you know, dived in and it became my life's work you know at the age of i don't know how old i was then you know like six <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm trying to think when that movie came out i think it was uh, 70 hmm, i have to look that up early 70s you know so i don't know eight ten nine I, yeah, around. somewhere around there i think live and let yeah. die was 78 or 79 i know i was 12 so you're probably around the same age i was you know totally fascinated by it but i did not you know jump headlong you got to remember this is before the internet folks <laughs> yes there was a time when you couldn't just google everything and uh, there was a time when there wasn't the tarotguild.com and all the other blogs and um, God, the thousands of decks and books that we have now, you know, didn't exist as well. Um, and I couldn't just run out to my local bookstore. Uh, you know, nowadays you can go on Amazon and order anything and it arrives at your house. Uh, back then you had to actually get your parents to take you you know, to the bookstore. Uh, it was even pre the bookstores that we know, some of which are now defunct, like Borders and oh. Barnes and Noble didn't even exist. Oh, I miss, I miss Borders. That was a oh, great God, bookstore. I so what was it about Live and Let Die and the depiction of Tarot in there? Because all I remember is the last scene or the scene where mm -hmm. Bond finally seduces Jane Seymour by pulling out the lover's card. And it turns yeah. out that he's got a deck of nothing but the lover's cards. Nothing but the lover's card. What was course, it about? Earlier, she pulled the death card, you know. Yep. And, and it was just intriguing to me that, uh, you know, this even existed. And just like everybody else. I was drawn into, you know, when we start with tarot, our, our, I think if we really admit it, most of us are drawn to the initial excitement of let's predict the future. Oh my God, you can actually predict the future with a deck of cards, you know? And of course, that's not what most of us actually do with tarot. We can get into that later on. Uh, but that, that was probably the initial interest. And then throughout, you know, the 70s and into the 80s, um, I saw a lot more movies and television shows with people with tarot cards, but it was kind of a, a back of the head kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, it wasn't, like I said, you know, plus, you know, I grew up Catholic. My, my parents were not going to allow me to go down and buy a tarot deck they were not going to drive me to the bookstore and buy a tarot book you know uh you know 
there a lot of people I've, I've heard some of their stories where you know they said yeah you know uh you can go uh we'll take you down to the store you could buy any book you want and that why well, i found this tarot book you know um yeah you had you had more enlightened parents and you're probably a decade or two younger than me if if that's your origin story because when i was growing up you know do you know <laughs> i oh, yeah. mean tarot was taboo as far as the generation you know right before us which was our parents you know and uh, before them my grandparents forget it <laughs> you know so so when, hold on what? i i i understand i'm getting there i'm getting there he's like he's like what yeah hold on there's a story here you know okay it's like herding cats folks yeah 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 hang on hang on okay because the the thing i'm i want to get across is that you know i i didn't go headlong and i don't have the fantastic tarot story actually i got more interested in i was in in a science mm -hmm. and i was really into quantum physics and i saw some of the spooky stuff in that and uh, one one of my big interests was geometry and doing research into geometry brought me to sacred geometry and i started studying that and that led to numerology and Pythagoras. And then down the line, I rediscovered, I like to say I rediscovered tarot. Uh, I was actually studying, I think it was after the Air Force, and I was actually uh, studying uh, counseling. And I had a close friend, it was my birthday, and a close friend of mine said, you know, you should look into tarot. And that's when, you know, the childhood memory of live and let die just pops it like there's Jane Seymour all over again, you know. And it's like, oh, you know, I always wanted to study tarot, but there was no way in my family I was going to be able to. Um, but my friend said, hey, I've got like half a dozen books on it, the subject and he just gifted them to me. And then for my birthday, he gave me my first tarot deck, which was the dragon tarot. Ooh. And by then, by this time, of course, I am an adult. So and there was borders <laughs> in Barnes and Noble. And so, you know, I went down and I bought a universal weight deck. Mm -hmm. And I started reading these these books that my friend had given me. And uh, I was like, wow. I was extremely fascinated. Um, first of all, I saw the the uh, the benefit of using the cards and having it as a focus. So when you're doing counseling or life coaching with someone, that you have something to use to jog their subconscious mind. I saw that right away. And fortunately, because I had studied sacred geometry and numerology before diving in, and by the way, at this point, yes, I did dive in like crazy. <laughs> and I started buying every book I could possibly find, you know, and I started, you know, taking notes and studying and doing readings for people and things like that. 
but you know i saw the connections right away i was uh i had studied sacred geometry so the the five platonic solids and so the elements and i'm looking at the tarot deck and the structure and i'm looking at the you know numbers and the elements and i'm like the, the tarot deck is just a, a physical embodiment of sacred geometry and i was like wow you know and then oh 78 cards there's 78 lines to create metatron's cube in the mm -hmm. power play and i saw all the connections and so yeah that's that's when i went nuts at that point. okay <laughs> and uh mary i know and i've never heard i've heard part of dax's origin story never heard yours and i'm dying to know how you went from crack and ace hollywood reporter yeah. to tarot diva maven so can wow. you can you let us know a little bit about how you got introduced to the tarot and what that transition from hollywood reporter to tarot reader coach was like or if it was at the same time mm. yes so um well you'll see her on the broadcast you know, my my first well, my very first introduction to tarot um, was really when I was about 15 years old and I um, I had such a oh, we've lost touch. I had such a great friend. It was just like, I don't know, my best friend, Rick. Rick, if you're out there somewhere in the world listening, <laughs> hello. But he was um, well, really, I guess like what we refer to is um Roma I think is right you know back then you Romani? know it, yeah he was you know it's a it's like the Roma he called himself a gypsy you yeah. know back in back in the 80s and Romani or Romani yes yeah and he was just I don't know he was just it, we, we had so much fun you know goofing around and everything and his his grandmother um, who I met because we she liked fortune cookies and I liked fortune cookies and we'd go to the grocery store and buy a big box of fortune cookies and go eat them with his grandma <laughs> and um, yeah she I, th I think she was some sort of professional tarot reader or something but she showed me the cards and you know just sort of I, it wasn't like an official reading or something I didn't know anything about that really I didn't know anything about tarot but the way she showed them to me it, it was like a book of life you know she mm -hmm. would pull a card and I would be like that's and she would explain it to me and I'm like oh my god how do you know that you know and I felt like all self-conscious like am I just like showing everything somehow and I don't realize it <laughs> you know and somebody can just pull a card and tell me how I feel um and she explained to me that it was it was a book of life that everything that I would go through in life um would was depicted in that deck in some way you know um and that I could just pull a card to to get advice if I if I wanted to and you know, and that really fascinated me. My friend bought me a, a, a tarot deck and I was like, oh, cool. And I hid it away like it was some big <laughs> secret thing. And then and then later I went to uh, I was in the army, like I joined the army at 18 and hmm. and I was at the Defense Language Institute in Monterey studying Polish. And I had a 
a Green Beret boyfriend who was really into tarot and stuff. And there was a cool magic store in um, Monterey and, and he bought me a deck there. And then, you know, I spent eight years in the army and I, mm -hmm. I would use, use it for myself and do readings in the barracks, you know, on the weekend, you know, for friends and stuff. But it, mm -hmm. it, it was something I always read intuitively. I didn't really think about it much. And then later, you know, I'm working in Hollywood as a, as a reporter. And one of my assignments was to interview um, a, a famous uh, TV psychic, John Edward. He used oh, to yes. have it, that show Crossing Over. And yep. he, he writes a lot of books and, you know, in order to do the interview, you have to read the book, you know, the publicist make sure you read the book first, you know, mm -hmm. the talent wants you to read the book. So I read his book and there was this huge section on tarot and the way his writer voice is like, I hear it in my ears and it sounds like almost like chastising. You must mm -hmm. study this. You need mm -hmm. to know the history. You need to find a tarot community. And I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> I didn't do any of that, <laughs> you know. And so that's how I found the Tarot Guild, and that was while I was still working in Hollywood. And the the interesting thing about the guild was it was the first time that I saw what seemed like otherwise like regular people that like were doing tarot, and I was like, oh, it's okay, it's mm -hmm. it like it's okay and I just got so fascinated and enamored with the history of it I got so you know like a like I think a lot of people do just you know the the whole golden dawn thing like just made my head swim and I'm like I'm mm -hmm. going to master the opening of the key spread you know and I spent I don't know countless hours <laughs> countless hours doing those five operations mm -hmm. and then and then um, there came a point after about 12 years in Hollywood that, you know, I had to move back to Texas um, because my um, husband's mother and, and brother-in-law were both terminally ill. And, you know, I couldn't really continue to be a Hollywood journalist from the middle of nowhere in Texas. And I was like, wow, should I, should I, could I, could I do this? Like, mm -hmm. really? And... You know, I got on a, a reading service, which I was like, oh, my God, they're letting me do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I just it, it's been the best choice ever because I it's the first time I, mm. I haven't spent all my time working, you know, to to make somebody else successful, you know, and it's um, it's really it's just the best thing that's ever happened in that way. Wonderful. Let me throw this out to both of you guys uh, right now, because it seems that tarot has touched and been a large part of each of your lives and have moved you in different directions. What would you say was the greatest benefit of learning, not only learning about the cards, but learning the meanings and the structure? And Mary, I think you put it as the, uh, the, the, the book of life that the tarot gives you. What was yeah. the, the biggest lesson or the biggest influence you could see looking back how, cha cha uh, take two, how tarot changed you or influenced your life for the better? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, for me, it was monumental because I always gravitated towards, I mean, I was a workaholic really in, in the army. I was a workaholic, at, you know, working in other jobs and in Hollywood. And 
I'm used to a very, 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 very high level of stress, and I can pretty much handle that on the job in, you know, in jobs that would extend, but, you know, beyond <laughs> working hours. But at the same time, um, I couldn't work at that level and not have it just kind of affect, you know, how I was regularly. Mm-hmm. And something about tarot it's like when I would get like way way wired like that um I would do a reading for myself and it's just it just kind of helped me modulate that it, it it's just such an objective third-party voice on what's going on you know and I mm-hmm. pull a couple of cards and I would be like oh okay I I can calm down all right yeah that's <laughs> the way it is <laughs> So, you know, and it, it, it makes such a big difference because it's really, you know, it affects everything if you work at a really high level of stress and it mm-hmm. affects your relationships and how you interact and just move in the world. And um, I needed it for that. I really did. Okay. Uh, and, and Dax, I know, you know, we all get into reading the tarot, as you said, that first blush of, oh, wow, I can tell the future kind of deal. Um and we all start to study. Mm-hmm. And if you guys are anything like me, I'm a, a cynic at heart. Uh, even though I've been working with tarot for, I think, about 30 years now or something like that. Uh, it, I still say that I come from Missouri. It's, you know, you got to show me in order for yeah. it to work. So what was that moment for you when you took all the practical, all the reading and all the studying and all of a sudden the light bulb went on and it went, oh, my God, this is real. Right. Yeah. And um, seeing it as something different than, oh, cool, I can predict the future. Yeah. You know, I mean, not everybody comes to the tarot that way, but uh, I think a lot of us, if we're honest, especially if we're like really young, when we're first introduced to it, we have even if we don't want to admit it consciously, you know, it's in the back of our head. It's like predicting the future, you know, but when you work with it, it it's so much more than that. And so much deeper, by the way, Gary, we have to get your origin story. <laughs> your super tarot, superhero origin story. Yes. Um, so what happened for me was, a few different things. Remember, I'm at this point, I'm a recovering Catholic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I, f- I feel spiritual, yet I don't have anything really grounding me. And then through the tarot, I'm able to create ritual and develop my own spirituality. Okay. And, and it'll, it'll allowed me to have a focus uh, to do rituals meditations um a lot a lot of things like that where you know not using the deck to predict the future or even do readings for people but doing readings for myself and then um instead of spreads doing lays so that's that's when you go through the deck face up and you're pulling Mm -hmm. on purpose Mm -hmm. you know and then i would focus on a particular card or or a a few cards but then you know doing readings for myself and for other people you start to see all the synchronicities and you see all 
how everything's connected and how we're all connected. And so it, it's just huge. It's huge. It's life-changing because you start to see, wow, you know, uh, not just, it's like there's this aha moment where, okay, something's really going on here. This is real. But it, it's even beyond that. You're able to see that we're living in cycles within cycles. Mm -hmm. And that that's really how the tarot works is through synchronicity. And it opens up a whole new world because you, you uh, un unlike belief systems where you are going by faith and reading something in a book that someone wrote 2000 years ago, instead you're having direct experience with the divine. That's how I look at it. Okay. And Mary, what was your aha moment when it went from, okay, this is kind of cool. It's interesting to, wow, this is real. There is something there. There's a connection to the infinite. There's a connection to the universe. What was that moment for you? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think it was sort of that first moment where the, the cards that my, my friend's grandmother pulled reflected exactly what I was feeling. And then um, when I started doing readings for other people, when I was in the army, um, they would have that moment too. And I kept I kept thinking like, okay, there's something going on here because I'm not doing this on purpose, but am I doing it on purpose? <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? <laughs> it was that weird otherness kind of feeling to it. And then also um, everything just made sense when I really dug into studying it and and not not I didn't become um so enamored of the of the structure of of the deck in a sense I just accepted it mm -hmm. it was it it was the elements for me more than more than anything when it comes to like the structure of it and and relating that to nature you know, nature is a huge source of inspiration for me, and I could experience that ele the elements of air and fire and water and earth, and it made me feel so connected that I felt like this is almost like whoever made it um, gave us a great gift to allow us to be connected to the planet we live on, the, the world we're living in. And uh, I just was really moved by that. Cool. And, and I got uh, a question for both of you, but Gary, you got to give us your origin story and your okay. aha moment. <laughs> okay, so my origin story and my aha moment. I would love to say that I had that epiphany that I walked into a metaphysical store and saw the tarot on a bookshelf and it just started calling to me and vibrating on the bookshelf. Um, mine is a little bit more base. <clears throat> I was, uh, 25 years old at the time I was recovering from a car accident that left me with two broken legs. And at the time I had a friend who I was hanging out with a lot 
and that I was crushing really, really hard on. And one night we were hanging out in her dorm. We were just sitting, talking, and every couple of minutes, somebody would come in from the, the dorm hall and, you know, put down five or ten bucks, and she would pull out these strange cards with pictures on them and throw a couple of cards and flip through the little white book and give them answers to their questions. And this happened three or four or five times during the night. I had no idea what was going on. So I asked her, what are those? And she explained to me that they were tarot cards. And my mind went, aha, here's how I can get close to her. <laughs> right? It didn't go secrets of the universe. It went, here's how I can get close to her. So I went out the next week, not knowing anything about it, not doing any research before internet. It wasn't really easy to do. And I went to my local new age bookstore, which thankfully there was around the corner. And I bought uh, my first tarot deck, which was the Merlin tarot, because I'm a huge Arthurian legend fan. Mm, yeah. uh, P.S. It is the absolute worst deck to start with. Because <laughs> it, as, as I learned later on, it is not a traditional tarot deck. It's more of an oracle deck. Putting that aside, the next week I see her again and I'm like, hey, look what I got. I, you know, this tarot deck, perhaps you can, you know, give me some lessons figuring, hey, here's a way that we hang out together in a nice, intimate learning situation. She could see what kind of great guy I am and things will proceed naturally from there. And she looks at me and she says, oh, I don't believe in any of that crap. I just do it for beer money. Oh, uh. Yeah, crushing. Wow. So um, that was a little bit of an off-putting thing. So still, I figured I had this deck. Let me see if I can learn what's going on. What the heck? And I tried and I tried and I tried for a couple of months, maybe a year, to really get into that deck, not knowing what I was doing, just using the booklet that came with the Mer Merlin Tarot, and the larger book that you had to buy separately that was written specifically for it, which is a fantastic book for that deck, by the way, out of print right now, unfortunately. Um, and I really couldn't get past having to look up the definitions and the meanings and, and everything like that. Mm. So I put it away. And this was, I guess I was about 27 at the time. So now fast forward 12 years into the future and I am going through a divorce I'm living in Florida at the time and I'm walking my dog around the parking lot of the gated community that I live in and this woman is sitting on the her porch smoking a cigarette you know this much cigarette this much ash and she stops me, she said, and says, you know, hey, I'm really sorry to hear what's happening to you because, you know, gated community, everything is paid in place, there are no secrets. And then she invites me in for coffee. So I put the dog, I take Abby home and I put Abby back and I walk back to her apartment for a cup of coffee and I don't walk in the door for more than three seconds when she turns to me and she goes, do you read Tarot? She put the hard T on it. 
And this wow. took me by this took me by surprise because with the exception of 12 years ago when I was studying the Merlin Tarot and a couple of my friends knew, no one else knew that I was interested in tarot. Eerie. And there was something in my head at that time that was just pushing me to to learn about it more, but I wasn't really sure. So to have this woman turn to me and point blank ask me was a little freaky. Yeah. And I said to her, well, yeah, I picked up a deck about 10, 15 years ago. I really didn't connect to it, didn't understand it. I'm thinking about studying a little bit of it again. And she went, you should do that. You've got the gift. You should do that. I'm like, okay, lady. (laughs) Okay. So after the coffee, I went home and like every good tarot person does, I went on to Amazon. And I bought two or three decks. I bought the Rider Weight. I bought uh, Chiro Marchetti's Gilded Tarot, which I still love. And I bought a couple of books and I started to learn from there. And that's when I really took a deep dive into everything and everything coalesced for me. And really, I found a community of people who love tarot, who loved studying it. Um, Mary, as opposed to you, I really enjoy the structure and the symbolism of the tarot. I think that is what I love most about it, that it gives a um, structure, right? It's Mm. not all loose, that there's a rhyme and a reason for everything. And I really loved learning about that. And everything just took off from there. So opposed to everybody else who goes, oh, let's go witchy, let's go foretell the future. I was like, I need a date this Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. He always brings it back to that. But actually, if you think about it, James Bond did the same thing using the tarot. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, And like I like to say, I didn't get the girl, but I got a lifelong friend in tarot. Aw, that's beautiful. As as far as my aha moment, and I remember this, it was two distinct situations. Excuse me. I know it's bad form to smoke on air, but hey. Um, (laughs) There were two formal live. There were two. (laughs) There were two different readings that I did. Um. One was I was invited to a um, I'm trying to get the right order and I can't remember which order they came in. So I'm just going to go with the first one and then I'll go to the second one. I was invited by a woman I met who uh, ran her own coven to attend a Beltane celebration at her house. Now, I didn't know anything about Wicca, paganism, magic, anything like that. And I went there and I had my deck with me, of course, and I was just giving impromptu readings. And this woman sat down next to me, asked for a reading, and uh, I gave her one. And I basically said, look, regarding your business, your boss is, you know, it looks like you're going to be asking for a promotion. Your boss is not going to give you that. You're not going to get the respect that you want at your job you'd be better off leaving and taking another position elsewhere. And she sort of like looked at me like, yeah, okay, fine. And went away. About two weeks later, I get a call from her 
And she goes, you know, I walked into my boss's office and asked for a raise and he flat out told me no. And if I didn't like it, I should just quit. So that's mm. what I did. Wow. Um, and she now has a job. I've lost track of where she is now, but she is much happier doing once she left the job. And I went, huh, something. Okay. That, that was kind of cool. You know, at that time I didn't make the connection of this is real. I was full up in my ego. and went, wow, look what I did. Right. Um, the next time I did a reading was for a friend of mine from high school and she just wanted a general reading and we were on the phone and I threw out the cards and I'll never forget this. The Empress reversed came up. And I just got the feeling strongly that there was a miscarriage somewhere, mm. right? So how do you bring this up delicately? And how do you bring it up to a, a childhood friend that really you haven't spoken to or seen in 20 years? So I hemmed and I hawed and I said, look, this is going to be difficult, but I really got to tell you this. I'm seeing that there's some sort of miscarriage here. And she went, oh, yeah, I had my tube side last year. Wow. And those were really the two aha moments that went, okay, there is something here. You can connect to, for lack of a better term, the cosmic consciousness. And that, hey, you know, and again, I can't remove ego from it because that's who I am. Um, you're really good at this. You, you know, the, your, your Greek grandmother, which I came to call the woman back in Florida, really did say you had a gift and, hey, maybe there's something here. Um, so that is the spider bite story for me. Um, and my aha moment that let me know there may be something to this beyond just smoke and mirrors and carnival tricks and uh, entertaining people at parties. Yeah. And what I'm getting from all of this, because of the generation we come from, uh, that the newer generations don't realize how easy they've got it. That literally all this information <laughs> is at their fingertips, you know, uh, literally on their phone, you know, we've yeah. got in our hand a super powerful computer and the sum total of human knowledge, including tarot, numerology and astrology and everything else related, right? Kabbalah and... Uh, sacred geometry and it's it's all there at their fingertips when we started out it was a a much harder longer road to so to speak yeah and i'm going to go a little gran turismo get off my lawn you stupid kids uh here for a moment because mm -hmm. i feel that these things right have really taken away something Right. While we may have gained in technology, mm. we have lost in wisdom. Mm. And because this makes it so, because these devices and the internet and Google and YouTube make it so easy that number one, it's hard to discern what is true from what is just somebody talking 
because they're talking and they really haven't done the research on anything. Um, and because it's so easy, I don't feel that today's generation of tarot readers, that's people from generation beyond ours, really does have the appreciation for the history, for the structure, for anything. Um, well, on the other side of the coin, I do, because you're bringing up something that I wanted to mention, and uh, but it's on the other side of the coin, I did want to talk because it's International Tarot Day, International Tarot Weekend, uh, a little bit about the future of tarot and how it's become more mainstream and so popular. And I think that's being driven by the internet. And our oh, yes. You know. It's. I, I think it's being driven by the internet. I think it's being driven by availability, but by the same token, and again, I'm going to go back to get off my lawn, you kids, okay? Um, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm saying this is my opinion. This is my belief. You could agree or disagree with me. Um, anybody and Mary, no disrespect, because I know you have done the work. Anyone who says, I am an intuitive tarot reader, I don't need to learn, I don't need to study, to me is not a tarot reader. You may be using mm. a tarot deck, but you're doing it to give a divinatory reading. You are not reading tarot. And really, you're just telling a story based upon what your subconscious is, is giving you. Oh, we've right? said that, right? You know, psychics that use tarot cards as a prop but it has absolutely nothing to do with the information they're giving to the client. Right. And I'm not saying that you can't use tarot in that way and give a perfectly oh, accurate sure. reading, but you're not reading tarot. Mm. And that may be a semantical difference, but I think it's an important one that mm. we're learning. I, I also think, and I'm, I'm really going to get some hate mail for this folks. Don't flame me too bad. <laughs> um, that, the internet and for lack of a better term, the permissiveness of, well, okay, just grab the deck and read and what do you feel? Yeah. Right. Feeling is important. That's your intuition. That's your gut. That's the, the cheese on the taco that lets you mm -hmm. take your readings to the next level. You've got to marry them both, but just using the feeling yeah. you're missing out on the wisdom of mm. what those cards mean, of what that structure and those symbols are talking about. But I also uh, think you really can't read without intuition. Yes, yes, definitely. If you were just reading by book learning and you're never getting rid of the book and you're just sticking with the keywords, well, then you're reading a phone book, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not doing anything. You're not giving your gift to the world or to the reader, you're just picking out a book. You might as well be reading a, a, a textbook on U.S. history at that point. Hmm. Right. Well, well, I, I would like to say something <laughs> to this. First of all, uh, in my just opinion, um, I think, you know, you, you can't gain wisdom without seeking for it. You have to do the work. You have to go on that quest for knowledge. You have to go on that journey through experiences. And, you know, reading intuitively, I think, means so many different things to different people. I get the whole idea of 
psychic reading, um, I suppose. Um, for me, it's like the Rider Waite Smith, especially, and you know, different decks based on it. Um, it, it the feeling is there in the cards. It's in the way that it's depicted. You can't you can't look at the body language and sometimes the facial expressions of cards, like say say the five of cups i think is a great example and mm -hmm. just feel that and maybe you you know if you're some great psychic you can lay out the whole story or whatever but i i just remember looking at cards like that and just oh you know just knowing that there was some letdown that there was some sense of disappointment but that it could also be you know something that you know like spilt milk you know not worth getting so caught up in like don't cry over it you know right and and to that point mary just to use the five of cups example you can yeah. look at it and if you see the card you know there's some issue you know there's yeah. some pain going on you don't have to be a psychic and you really don't have to be connected intuitively to your your higher self to know that yeah. However, when you know the structure of the deck, even if it's as simple as knowing that cups represent emotion and that fives represent conflict. Yeah. In the structure of the one to 10 of the minor arcana, you have something more that you can go on. Yeah. Right? Now, oh, I that, agree. That, that doesn't even include looking at the card and understanding that the man has his back turned he doesn't see that there's one cup standing so that there's still good going on in his life that he has his back turned to the town in the in the background so he's turning his back on the family where he could be getting help okay yeah there's all sorts of symbol some some symbols there we go that you can pull from if you're looking and you take the moment to learn it and that i think is what drives me more nuts than anything else someone who just wants to lay out the cards and what is the feeling without doing the work. Yeah. I, I teach tarot by the numbers and teach tarot and numerology side by side, along with the elements and sacred geometry. So you get the full picture, basically. But, you know, it, it also uh, cuts both ways. You know, I think um, uh, Arthur Waite and, and Pamela Smith were, you know, brilliant if you notice all the swords are broad swords, they, they have an edge on both sides. They cut both ways. Mm -hmm. and, and it's because so much in life and in the physical universe is dualistic and cuts both ways, just like what we're talking about right now with, with the internet, you know, so there's the really positive aspect of it that, uh, it's allowing tarot to become more mainstream and popular and then the and the information is available but then you have the other thing about the internet where yeah the inter the information's readily available but back in our day when you can only you could only get it from a one-on-one -on -one with a teacher or in a book and those books were you know not um something someone typed up and threw on Amazon, but, you know, went through a publisher, you were getting really good information. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, anybody that wants to can put up anything that they mm -hmm. want. And so uh, things get watered down. 
there's information that is absolutely wrong oh, yeah. on the internet oh, yeah. you know and it can confuse <laughs> a lot of people so there so and, there's both sides of it and yeah. to that to that index um i was doing some research the other day on a project i'm working on now and i was watching a lot of videos on the hero's journey in tarot and this one person related the uh, final step of the hero's journey, the elixir, uh, returning with the elixir, being victorious, to the seven of cups, because you are then bringing your gifts back to the community. And I'm going, that's not what the seven of cups is about. Yeah. The, the right, And also to that uh, same thing, uh, without the learning, then the, the, I guess falseness would be the wrong word, but it's the only word that's coming to my mind, of perpetuated stories about different cards become fact. You look at the Three of Swords, and the immediate thing that people think of the Three of Swords is relationship troubles, uh, somebody cheating on someone, um, threesomes, things like that, affairs. But if you think about what the Three of Swords is really talking about, right? Uh, swords being intellect, at least for most of the people who learn tarot, it's intellect. I do understand that some people learn it as passion. Uh, I learned it as intellect. And threes being the full expression of the suit, then what that Three of Cards is really talking about is being purely logical. It's the Spock card in that case, denying your emotion. And that mm. also is representative in the picture of the swords piercing the heart because you're not allowing or you're destroying that emotion, which is important to making decisions or anything else. And without the, um, the knowledge of what the structure is, yeah. then you're going to look at that. You're going to say, oh, hearts piercing by swords. Well, there's relationship problems. I, you know, right. I, I often had the same line of thinking because because I knew the structure, because I knew the element and air and swords and three communication and creativity and uh, looking at at the usual um, definition of the card and the heart heartbreak and loss and uh, possible you know love triangles and all all that kind of thing i believe that that's there yeah and i i can i can see that being used that way but a lot of it is emotion and the first thing to me is wait this is not a cups card it's not the three of cups it's three of swords swords mm -hmm. are thoughts and ideas you know and a lot of people don't take the time to look at that you know and mm. so a lot of what's going on with three the three of swords to me is what's going on in their head not what they're feeling yeah mm -hmm. yeah well, i i think of it as anguish oh mm. that's interesting and that's a mental you know process. it's a mental process you know and sure you know you think sure you, you see the imagery that. you know three three swords right through the heart you know we, we do connect it to the heart we connect the heart to you know relationships that kind of thing but it's 
it's the anguish we feel in our mind. It's the way we think about it. It's that dividing aspect of it that that has always struck me as the you know kind of the the big thing with the three of swords but but you know the thing is is like how do you guys account for weird things that happen when you're doing a reading like i i always think of one really weird reading i did where the three wands came up and I don't even use reversals, but it came up reversed. So when anyway, I must have shuffled weird or something. And when happens. that happens, I pay attention. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I don't even, this is reversed for a reason. And <laughs> I just, I, I took it to mean, because she was asking, the client was asking about a relationship and, you know, intimacy issues. And I'm like, oh, he can't get it up. You know, like I just blurted that out because the the wands were upside down. And she's like, oh my God, how did you know that? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, you know, but is that is that the problem? And you know, have you has he is he willing to like, you know, seek out some help for that? Maybe you two could, you know, go together to a professional getting it up person, whatever that person is. I don't know about those things so much, but but how do you count for such a weird thing to just pop out and to be accurate? Is that being psychic? Is that intuition? Is that yeah, I think, in yeah. the cards somehow? Yeah, that, that I think, Mary, is what we were talking about before, where you need the structure, but that has to be married to your intuition. And the more you can strengthen your intuition through working through meditation, through um, doing meditative exercises, through creating better amount of self-love for yourself and self-care for yourself, that intuition is going to strengthen. And that's going to be those little aha moments in the reading where you're just going to be overwhelmed by something that seems off or that you know this is the meaning of the card, but something about it is telling you to go yeah. in a different direction and yeah. that I think is where the intuition comes into play and how it can get married to the deck that's a perfect example of what we were talking about before because there is nothing about that card mm. uh, the three of wands that screams impotency right I right. was thinking if anything like the the ace of wands <laughs> reversed <laughs> <laughs> but the th but three why is there three wands that's very in <laughs> i think i thought in a sense <laughs> in a sense i i think of the three wands sort of as a i think often i think of it as a card of assessment you know we're standing back we're looking at things you know the ship's coming in or whatever but we're kind of taking stock in mm -hmm. a sense sometimes with it and you know, and I felt like it was like taking stock of a situation, but for some reason the wands aren't pointing up. And then that just turned on my dirty little mind, I guess. <laughs> that happens with tarot, right? I'm not it's, the only one that it takes in that direction, I hope. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought no. it was brilliant. You know, it was... absolutely. But, you know, um, gosh. We've been doing this for about an hour. Uh, we'll wrap up. 
but I was thinking, you know, maybe we should chit chat just a little bit about, you know, where do you think this is all going? You know, now that tarot is becoming more mainstream and more popular every year um, and with the internet and that more and more people can, can come to it, you know, millions and millions instead of hundreds and thousands. Well, uh, Mary, I'll defer to you for the first. Mm. Mm, yes. Um, where do I think it, it, it's taking us? Um, you know, I think, I think, you know, and it's just my opinion, but I feel like it's, it's like an opening up. I think that it may not just be about tarot. I think the good part of it from, you know, for what we do is that it makes what we do more acceptable, more known to, to others, um, which is great. If, if we do this as professionals, it's, it's nice to have that sense of a wider acceptance and a wider audience. And I really hope that it, it becomes something where, you know, it, it's not, it's not that special thing or that unusual thing or just that psychic fair thing or, ooh, you know, go visit somebody with a neon sign and, you know, make it all spooky. <laughs> you know, I, I would like to see it become just sort of very common. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's how I think of it. And Mary, I agree with that. I'm very happy that it is becoming more ex widely accepted and that we don't have to hang out in dark little corners and be afraid to say, hey, I am a tarot reader or I am a life coach that uses tarot in my practice. That's the good side of where I think this is going. Uh, I also think there is a downside to it. And that's simply because it is becoming so widely accepted because there is the internet. There is so much differing information. There are so many people now that are calling themselves experts who don't really know boo because they really haven't put the work into keeping the knowledge alive that it's going to be watered down and the knowledge is going to be lost and it's going to be given to the hands of the half-wise or the children who really shouldn't be playing with certain toys. And I really fear that with the proliferation of tarot, the wider acceptance of it, that it's going to be the Wild West in a certain way, and that the speciality is going to be lost, and it's going to be harder and harder to find the people who really know their stuff. And believe me, I'm not including myself on this, because... For as much as I know, I'm now learning in the last year that I know nothing. There's so much more to learn. There's so much more to study. Yeah. Um, and my biggest fear is because of the acceptance, because there are people that are now coming in through Wicca, through Pagan, through movies, through TV, through Game of Thrones, through everything else, that they're not going to take the time. Yeah. to really learn and they're going to be um half-wise and they're going to be giving bad information and they're just mm. going to be creating a worse problem 
I could see that. That, that is really my biggest fear. I'm really happy that it's being widely accepted, but I'm also scared that the actual art and science is going to be lost. Yeah, and you know, and just I'd I'd like to say something about that. I I think it is important because I, yeah, I fear the downside of it too. And oh, I mean, there's I think of it in the sense of books. There's some books out there being written by people that it's like what, <laughs> what, what is this garbage? I hate to say that, but yeah, there's a lot of garbage mm-hmm. out there and I think it's so important to not lose sight of the people that really are uh, you know knowledgeable and have been contributing to the good knowledge base of it people like Mary Kay Greer people mm-hmm. like uh, Rachel, Rachel Pollack <laughs> people like Giordano Berti who's a who's a historian of this stuff from like you know the very beginning of what was that where they came from in Italy and we we need to always I feel like be talking about them be be raising their profile they have high profiles within the tarot community sure there are gods and goddess goddesses of tarot mm-hmm. you know robert robert place is another james brickliffe is, mm-hmm. to me is another too and and i feel like we can't lose sight of what their body of work is and i think that 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 can help counterbalance all the garbage that yeah. is out there. It, if it, that it makes sense. Yeah, it does. It definitely can. We need to promote these people. We need to promote the, uh, the, to use your phrase, deities, the people who really know what's going on and, and are teaching it. Uh, and I believe that part of the issue and the expansion of it also comes from the uh, the new age community the new thought yeah. community, the law of attraction community that is preaching love, light, unicorns, and rainbows, right? And so yeah. it becomes almost a bad thing to say, no, you can't play with this toy. Mm. You like can't play with this toy unless you are willing to do the work to learn how to use the toy properly, right? But if you think about it, you wouldn't take someone who never had a driving lesson and put them behind a wheel of a car and go, go ahead, just drive. Have fun. Yeah. Right. And but that's why it's really important to have a, a a centralizing focusing place, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, like the Tarot Guild, where we can all come together and discuss all this. Yeah. And that is, I think, that's yeah. one of the greatest gifts that you have given us by creating the guild. Uh, for professionals and for tarot enthusiasts alike, that central community full of people because there are professionals in there, because there are people like you and Mary who have been doing this and reading this and really made absorbing the knowledge for the last however long. I know the Guild has been around for what, 14, 15 years now? Yeah, 18? 18. People can come in. It'll be 20 years, Gary, soon. And, oh my, oh my God. <laughs> they can talk to an elder. They can talk to a wise one and get the real deal. Yeah, we've got yeah. Orby Mitlide. We've got Pamela Steele. You know, 
a lot of people, you know, Sasha Graham's doing a lot of things for us and coming on our radio yeah. shows and things. So, you know, we have, we have a lot of, uh, the knowledgeable and the, and the elders, you know, and I'll include both of you as well. You know, we got Gary, we got Mary, you know, we've, we've been around since the dinosaurs and, uh, but, you know, I, I still feel really positive and hopeful at least overall. And I'm glad, yeah. that, I'm glad that tarot is becoming more popular, that it's uh, being accepted. I, do want to point out that um, I still think we have a long way to go because yeah. even when you see it being presented in a mainstream publication, for instance, Mary, what's some of the ones that you've seen recently? Oh my gosh. It's, you know, it, it, it is now this thing that, well, it's akin to astrology. You know how a lot of magazines and publications will have a you know a page or two of like here are your here's your astrological reading for the month of whatever the issue is and now they've added especially online you know publications like Cosmopolitan even released their yeah, own Cosmo. tarot deck mm -hmm. and yeah there's a Cosmo tarot, tarot deck. And I, I don't, I, I'm not uh, so sure about that deck. Um, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I wasn't impressed. <laughs> let's put it that way, you know, but hey, yeah. good effort, you know, yeah. we try to do something cosmopolitan. And Mary, and to your, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Do, yeah. Well, they'll do like a weekly thing on the, you know, on, you know, for content on their websites that go with those magazines and stuff. So they weren't doing that before. So that's one way. And right, but I do point, want to point out real quick, uh, finish up my thought, why I brought this up and why I asked Mary about the publications. You know, it's getting out there, but when you read the articles and you, and you look at, at, at everything, um, there's still in the days of, yeah. you know, the psychic with the neon sign thing, you know, and, and, and the death card, you know. And, and, oh, yeah. Does it really mean death? Yeah, they're still asking that question, you know, 30 years later, we're into this. Yes. <laughs> and mm. so that's what I meant by we still have a long way to go in. I mean, us and the people in the Tarot Guild and a lot of people online in the tarot communities. Yeah, we we get it. But I'm talking about the general public and, and what they here, read in Cosmopolitan. You know? And here and Mary, this goes to your point and the expansion of tarot and a bad way in a commercialization way a friend of mine a couple of days ago sent me an article that mcdonald's is running mcdonald's <laughs> has teamed up with an online in tarot influencer and if you buy a meal you'll get a free tarot reading wow okay huh that will expose tarot to the greater community but it is lowering it to the to to garbage mm, right or fast food and yeah. this is what I'm, I'm i'm talking about when i say that children shouldn't have toys right yeah. because mcdonald's just saw it as an opportunity this influencer saw it as an opportunity great hey go make all the money you can i'm not against that but then when it comes to somebody who wants to start a legitimate tarot business and you know if you're starting a tarot business 
online, offline, you're going to be charging probably a hundred bucks minimum for a 30 minute or a hundred or a, an hour read, depending on what you want to do. And people are going to turn around to you at that point and go, well, I can buy a happy meal and get a tarot reading. Mm. So yeah. it lowers the art, the science and how it could help people because now it's become commoditized. Right. It's fast food, fast food yeah. tarot. But we do, and, we do have a long way to go. I yeah. Mean, look at James, James Rickliff. So he's been using the same tagline, you know, I'm not a fortune teller, I'm a fortune helper for 20 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, a lot of us have shifted. I mean, some of us were always there, but a, a lot of folks are, are shifting now where we're using tarot as a life coaching tool. Mm. And that's where I see things going, you know, but the, the general public is 34 years behind. Mm-hmm. You know? And so right. educating everybody that it's not about predicting the future. It's about looking at the present, looking at the past, seeing the trajectory in, into the future, possible outcomes. And what can we do with that? You know, how can we, set goals and maybe you want to go there maybe you don't want to go there to that outcome yeah yeah i i think that that makes a big difference and and still though i i I do feel that it almost you know there's a lot of tarot readers in the world and i i think that you know of all different stripes and i think there's there's people seeking tarot readings of, of all different kinds. I, there's always, I think, going to be people that are in for the thrill of it. You know, they want to, they want you to, you know, spook them. They want you to tell them something. And I, I think it's up to us all um, individually as, as how we um, want to practice tarot. I'm, I'm personally making sure. Yeah. I, I personally, you know, I don't try to, you know, I'm, <laughs> you know, I go by pterodactyl. I'm a tarot dinosaur. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, the, <laughs> the mysterious, mystical somebody who's going to tell you exactly what to do with your life and when you're going to die look, or something. You can't look mysterious and all in, in, that, <laughs> in that pterodactyl outfit you wear. So Right. In my costume, dancing, costume, holding yeah. the sun card. Yeah. You know, and it's because I want people to... To, to kind of relax and, you know, laugh a little, maybe <laughs> laugh a little, seriously. not take it all too seriously. And number one, to know that I have no interest in telling them what to do with their life. I'm yeah. here to show them like, you know, the possibilities and, and, you know, encourage them to make the decisions that are, you know, gonna, gonna be an a benefit to them oh yeah you know as it is international tarot day i i think we should point out that in a large majority of the world perhaps most of it except for some western countries and you know north america when you're in a lot of europe and asia and uh especially like south america and uh, I, I don't know how much in Africa, but um, 
in a lot of these huge swaths of the world, it is still all about fortune telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we have to keep that in mind. And that's what a lot of people want. Absolutely. But, you know, at the same time, you know, look, I'm impressed by a fortune teller that really nails it. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, you yeah. call yourself whatever you want. Holy cow. You know, um, but I think the majority of them do not nail it. And I think the majority of them are there just to, yeah, it, party tricks. And, and, you know, I'm all about entertainment too. There, there's that aspect of it, but, oh, you know, you. That stigma though is still yeah. there then, you know, and the, and yeah. the, uh, buy the thousand dollar candle to get rid of the curse thing, you know, it's That's mm-hmm. the worst. That is the absolute worst. Um, but you know, there's a what? What was it? There's a there's a sucker born every minute, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I don't know. Sometimes you know, there's a great lesson in 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 that. However, um, you know, I don't I don't know how people discern you know, between what is just a charlatan and, a you know, a party trick and kind of a, just a fun entertainment thing and what can really be beneficial to them. And, and I think at least in America, there seems to be a good number of people that, that are seeking those, seeking the real is the way I'd put it. Right. And I'm glad. I think the big thing is, I mean, it's not like predictive elements don't come up when I'm doing a reading and on the radio show, I'm often asked for timing and yeah, predictive or semi-predictive information and things like that, you know, and I accommodate of course, but, um, trying to remember where I'm going with this. Um, but it, it's. Well, you do it in such a way on the radio show, but, since I'm yeah, your co-host, you know, you do it in such a way that it's realistic. You're like, OK, look, this is this is a time frame indicated by this card, you know. It, yeah. You know, and it's 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 know, honest. What I'm getting at is like, you know, coming from a, a, a trusted person. And they're not trying to tell you what to do. Basically, yeah. You know, yeah, this is, ha- this is what's going to happen. It's written in stone and you have to follow my advice or you have to do this X, Y, Z. Um, and that's why it's important to have a group like the Tarot Guild where the, at least the people we certify are, are very like-minded. Yeah. You know, and it's all about em- empowering the client it, and giving them information and allowing them to make their own choices and, and not pretending that we're predicting the future. It's set in stone. It's fate. There, you, you can't change it. You can't go in a different direction. Uh, yeah. For me, tarot is most powerful when it is showing you the current situation the trajectory from the past into the present moment and out into the future 
potential outcomes and then giving you that information and then you can decide if you want to go there or not. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. You know, because that's the thing. It's like, where are you headed if you continue, you know, the way that you're <laughs> approaching things? You know, mm -hmm. wh where might that possibly lead? And if you don't like that, well, change it up. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, maybe, God, I could be, I could talk about this stuff with you guys for hours and hours more, but uh, <laughs> may, maybe next year or the year after, you know, we'll uh, have a weekend or a week long uh, panel discussions, you know, where we can Ooh. tease out, you know, different parts and focus in on different things each day or something like that, you know. That would like, be awesome. But I think, you know, it's been an hour and a half. I think we should uh, wrap things up here. And, but we've got a lot more uh, happening this weekend, you know. So we have Tower mm -hmm. Today Radio tomorrow. If you want to call in and get uh, a mini reading and uh, join us in the chat room on thetarotguild.com. And then Sunday, Sunday's going to be fabulous. Sasha Graham, Ryder Waite Smith with Sharona Rapsick on her radio show. And you can call in on Sharona's show as well, get a mini reading or talk tarot. But uh, yeah, thanks for the idea, Gary, and for the kickoff and joining us and Mary for coming in and hanging out with us. Yeah, uh, this was fun. It was definitely fun. And, and thank you for, for having us on and allowing us to talk a little bit about our tarot journeys as we celebrate International Tarot Day, because it's all about the appreciation of tarot our without trying day. to plug anything or <laughs> sell anything. It's just like, look, this is why we love tarot. The ears are feelings and opinions on it. Uh, and I, I think what also came across is we could have differing opinions opinions and still belong to the same guild and still be respectful and friendly and work together which is wonderful right and right. again thank you for putting all this together yeah thanks thanks dax and and everybody you know also you know look for posts um this weekend you know um i you know for for you guys you know for international tarot weekend there's interesting things always happening and and you know, some some things, too, that shows us what's happening even beyond uh, you know, what we're doing in America. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> posted. Yes, yes, we're, we're definitely going to get up uh, what uh, Giordano is doing in Italy. Oh, there's that great video showing like how how the how the engraving on a stone to make the cards like they did back in the day happens is so fascinating so that's mm -hmm. something that's to look forward to video. we'll get that out for all of you as well yeah look for it on an article post on the tarot guild website hopefully later Wonderful. today or tomorrow yep but in Excellent. time for international tarot weekend so bye everybody bye thank you bye 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 everyone Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.